applause. Episode 61, Middle-Aged Outlaws podcast. Adam, it's class sitting watching you boogieing away to our music there. It's awesome. <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, it's going all right. Um, yeah, been a pretty tiring few weeks, but, you know, all good, all fine. How's you've yourself? Been, you've been a busy man. Um, I've been a busy man. In true, in true Middle-Aged rather than Outlaw style, I'm sitting here with a really sore back. Um, and I've been struggling, hobbling about like a maybe beyond the middle-aged man. But um, nevertheless, it's given me time to sit on my backside and I was going to say watch some quality wrestling <laughs> and some quality horror. But that is up for debate, is it not? Um, oh. Today, we continue on with our Halloween Havocs. Uh, Halloween Havoc 1991 today. Uh, with yet another ghoulish, hidden under a mask character, um, and yet another bizarre gimmick match. So we will get into those very soon. But first, um, as has been our new tradition, we, we've picked a, what was supposedly the highest rated film from the same year as The Havoc that we're covering, 1991. Um, and we have watched this, and we'll just have a little chat about it. That was Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs. And boy, 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 I've got a lot more than I bargained for here. <laughs> wow. Uh, I have oh. never seen The People Under the Stairs before. I think in my head I conflated it with The Last House on the Left and I expected like this sort of horrendous, horrible film, but instead just got an absolute <laughs> fever dream of madness. Um you you had seen it before. I had, but I didn't like what I saw on Saturday night. Seemed very different <laughs> from what I remember when I was young. But like thinking about, it, I think there's maybe some things just didn't hit when I was young watching this. No, no, wow. of course. Wow. Yeah. This, you know, like if if this if you were hashtagging this film, it would be an extra an extra tweet. Because the amount of ground that it seems to cover from political uh, commentary to incestuous relationships between mummy and daddy slash brother and sister to, oh, I don't know, everything, zombies or just people with shitty makeup. And <laughs> let, let, me, let me set out the blurb um, and then we can take it from there. So Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs is, is billed as a horror comedy. Um, so it clearly knows what it was doing mm -hmm. uh, the movie follows the story of a young boy named Point Dexter but is also referred to as Fool who breaks into a mysterious house in order to steal a valuable coin once inside he discovers that the house is full of secrets and that the owners, a wealthy couple are hiding something sinister not just something, 
many things. Fool soon finds himself trapped in the house and must navigate a maze of rooms and deadly traps in order to survive and uncover the truth about the people under the stairs. The only real member of the cast, well, a few members of the cast jumped out to me. Ving Rhames jumped out to me. Um, yeah. Ving Rhames is just effortlessly cool, is he not? He is. I was trying to think, because uh, Pulp Fiction, I was trying to think when Pulp Fiction was, because he, he doesn't look that, he maybe looks a bit younger here, but mm-hmm. it's probably not a... Pulp Fiction maybe 94. Yeah, because I think Reservoir Dogs was about 91, wasn't it? Yeah, 91, um, 92, I think so. I... Right, so yeah, it must have been 94 or 95 at the latest. But mm-hmm. yeah, I thought, I just immediately thought, I think, I think his name pops up, and I thought, that's... I think Rames is going to be in this. And in my mind, I went to, is he going to be right young? Because for some reason in my head, this think... film is from decades ago, but Pulp Fiction's from like, I don't know, 10 years ago yeah, or something. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> not not so much. We have um, a couple of actors from Twin Peaks, uh, which I didn't realise till afterwards. Um, okay. I was like, where have I seen these two before? Um, we were Everett McGill and Wendy Rope. Roby as yeah. brother and well, which we don't we don't know our brother and sister until much later on in the film they appear to be coming across as a sort of unhinged couple um, but they call each other mummy and daddy they're brother and sister yeah and we've got Sean Whalen as Roach and yes. Brandon Quinton Adams as Fool who is brilliant. And yeah. I don't know what age he must be in the film, but let's, what do you think, 12, 13 maybe? A little bit older? Yeah, it can't be much more than that, can it? He just carries the film, he's brilliant. He's so yeah. confident. And he, he, is. he, he, he just really plays good. that character really well. Yeah. Um, okay, so so that was the premise, but it doesn't do it justice, does it? Like, what you've described in in the sort of mapping out of the premise doesn't really hit what this film is nah nah even the title the people under the stairs are sort of not really that consequential yeah yeah I suppose they they, they sort of lend a hand right at the end Mm -hmm. Um, and that's about it but um, what was his name again you just said it before the wee wee guy in the walls he's Um, Roach. Yeah, he, he's far more central to what's going on. You get a bit of backstory. But at the same time, I'm looking at it thinking, are these, are these their kids? Are they, what's what's the situation here? That's what I was thinking immediately in my head. Are these all, says he their kid? And, and then it sort of comes out that, you know, I think none of them are their kids, uh, even the girl. Um, uh-huh. who is quite central to the story as well, who has been behaving so is just allowed to live basically as a girl in the house um, and occasionally get shouted at. But she, I think, believes she's their kid, but she has just been taken by them at too young an age for her to remember that she is not. And they seem to take kids, and if they behave to the way that they want them to behave, then they keep them, in Alice's case. Yeah. If they don't, they go into the walls of the house and they're left there and someday somewhere is applying awful makeup to them. Oh, yeah. Um, I was going to make a really horrible joke there, but like, if you got put in a cellar somewhere, I don't think you'd come out looking like that. 
Probably <laughs> I mean, not. It's, it's I mean, 1991. We'll let them off. Yeah, it, it, it is like they've become some kind of creature while uh-huh. they're down there. Yeah. Maybe they were fans <laughs> of the mysterious creatures from WCW. <laughs> no, nobody was a fan of that. <laughs> uh, I, go on. Can I just ask you about the gimp suit? Yes. Now, I don't know. I feel like I was paying attention. It came out of nowhere, didn't it? Absolutely. So at some point, our main character, Fool... He, he, Ving Rhames is an inside man here, in my, in my opinion, because he is the one that gets young Fool over to this house. Now, it doesn't work yeah. out well for Ving Rhames, because as far as I can remember... What's the dog called? Oh, I wrote it down. The dog plays an incredible part in this film. Did it not? I, I had it in my head it was like Prince, but I, I don't think it is that. No matter. He, the dog's yeah. great in it anyway, and I was just going to say, I think he ends up taking care of, of Ving Rhames. But the gimp suit, when your your kid finally gets into the house and sneaks in, and they realise that the kid is still hiding in the walls after they've killed Ving Rhames and his, and his mate that also sneaked in. It's like that was his hunting suit. Yeah. He pulled out the it, rifle and then suddenly he's covered in leather and diamond studs. <laughs> diamond it, studs! So, they just watched this film <laughs> and, then, and then branded the character. <laughs> Glad they didn't go with the same outfit, but, you know, <laughs> it, it is Prince. Good memory. What was it? it? Prince. Oh, there yep. you go. The dog's brilliant in this. I love when yep. they, at one point, they send him... So, the house is a bit like a funhouse sort of thing from inside the walls, and there's all sorts of crazy ways of in through. You can get into the middle of the house through through cupboards and wardrobes and sinks yeah. and whatever. At one point, the dogs try to attack them all the time. They send it down the chute, and it comes flying out of a cabinet underneath a sink in the kitchen and takes the guy out. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot. Of, there's a lot. A lot. I, I think. I think there's a lot of fun to watch. Like. Did you? As soon as you realised, did you realise as you were watching that this was going to be comedy? No, you know horror comedy. No, because I was watching, wondering if they knew that it was horror comedy, and I think they probably did. (laughs) Um, I I don't. I I think so as well. But at the same time, there's like this sort of social. commentary going on with like the housing projects and the the, the white people storing all the money and it's the uh, so it's like it's got important things to say like Candyman's is Candyman the same year was Candyman 91 or was that 92 oh, it made me it think of, around the same time but yeah aye, it made me think of that and that it's like a mm-hmm. horror film but it's, there's also like stuff being said a bit there. more going on there yeah aye. and it's like two different stories have been uh-huh. put into a melting pot and we've got a bit of madness and quite tipped Twin Peaks at times. Yeah. With the guy, what is he shouting when he's shooting his rifle? He's going mental. They've got quite a, I like the recontraption on the basement stairs where they could flick a switch and Me flatten too. the stairs. Oh. How cool would that be to have in your house? I mean, you know, mm, if, that, if, if that... you're just, you know, uh, yeah. You got a basement? 
Nah. Nah. Okay. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was cool. But was that the people under the stairs that had created this, or Roach, or was that was probably these two nutters? Yeah, I think it'd be these two, because the switch is right up at the top, isn't it? Saying that's mm. their way of just keeping control of that situation. Although it, it becomes a daddy's undoing at that point. Well played. You've managed to, you've managed to say that. <laughs> it's so good that they're called that. I like a film where the main character or the main characters don't have a name. Daddy or Mummy or Mr... Uh, I, had, I had this I had this on on Saturday night and uh, my my wife had been out of the room for most of it and she came back in and uh, she had originally said she wanted to watch this with me because she remembers having watched it when she was young but I'd, I'd kind of jumped the gun and put it on on Saturday because I was worried I'd run out of time to, to watch it in time I just sat down and she was like well I'm not going to rewatch the whole thing so I'll just watch this end bit for <laughs> with you and say no oh, she didn't make it no, you said she's she's she she left the room when the gimp yeah. suit came out. So it's like, nope, it'd already been out once by that point, but she'd missed that. But yeah, <laughs> uh, as soon as it reappeared, it's like, nope, nope, this isn't what I remember. Nope. I'd like to see. Do you know that's funny? I'd like to. See, I, I'm surprised there's never been a remake of this. Are you? Yeah, I'll probably come. It, this it's feels a, like it's it's ripe right for a remake. Yeah, yeah, but. It would be inauthentic to, for it to be as batshit crazy as it is because I think it just, I think because it's quite, well, how old is it? He, say 30, nearly 30 years 30 old. Yeah. 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 I think it, the sort of craziness and the madness and the, um, like the stuff that we're talking about there about the horror comedy stuff, I think it lends itself to being old. I think if you made it now, mm. it'd just be dark. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. You don't. Uh, they would mess it up. A remake wouldn't work. Nah. But it was good. It was good. I enjoyed it. I've got a couple of lines here that I, that I liked, and I've got a couple of a bit of trivia here. So Wes Craven wrote this. It was inspired by a true story of a couple that was in the news uh, who kept their children locked in the basement for years. And Wes, wow. And Wes Craven heard that and was like, "Ooh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I've got an idea. Yeah. Um, the name Fool was inspired by the character of the same name in the tarot deck. Uh, in the uh, in the opening credits, there was tarot cards put down, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. Yep. Nothing else about that further on. Uh, and Wes Craven wrote the script in response to the Reagan era and the gap between the rich and the poor. So there's okay. your your social commentary again. Um, yeah. There's a there's a great bit. It's just it's just like the film, just so random. Once Ving Rames and the kid have sneaked into the house and the kid gets upstairs and he can just see Ving Rames' character's legs. Mm-hmm. And it looks like as he gets closer and closer, you see more and more of his body and you can see the back of his head that looks like it's down a shaft. And um, he creeps up on him and touches him and Ving Rames like jumps up and he's, well, he says something like, just because a man is lying, don't mean he did. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. It's just like, but what were you doing, though? <laughs> and it, it, there's also a point when they're in the house. At this point, they've only ever seen Mummy, and um, they, they realise that she's come back to the house. And, and little fool says to Ving Rhames' character, "That lady's back, and she's got a man with her the size of Detroit." 
He says it so earnestly. Uh, uh, final this. thoughts. Final thoughts on the people under the stairs. What did you th- What did you think of it? Did you enjoy it better than what have we watched so far? Misery and Puppet Master. Is that it? I mean, I thought. I think I would go. Um, Misery is the best film. Uh-huh. Uh, I think. I think I preferred it to Puppet Master. I mean, it's yeah. just. It's just mental, but in a in a way that you can just sit and enjoy it. I think. Mm. Aye, definitely. Excellent. Okay, let's move to some wrestling, shall we? WCW Halloween Havoc 91. Do we have to? Do we have to? (laughs) We are in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So guess what? Jim Ross is at half-mast. He's a happy man. Uh, And we are embracing the Halloween theme. Big style, we've got opening credits with with a a haunted house. Yep. And then, well... But before we even get to, to any wrestling, I'm sure this was similar to last time we had the, what was his name? Sting. <laughs> what was his name? The Black Scorpion. The, the, yeah. yeah. So, so we're welcomed in. It's going to be JR and Tony Schiavone um, on on commentary. They're giving us like the, the two insurance salesmen at, at the door with their suits and their smiles to welcome you in. Yeah. JR says we've got 11 matches. 11 matches have been signed, including four championship matches. I was like, what? Please, no. That seems too many. Were there actually 11 matches on the show? I think so. Maybe one of them got nixed because Michael Hayes was supposed to be wrestling and he ended up not wrestling because of his injury. But um, (laughs) And then they start talking about this WCW Phantom, the Hooded Phantom? Are they calling it the yeah. Hooded Phantom or the Phantom? I think they called it the WCW Phantom. Brilliant. Who came up with yeah. that? Brilliant. <laughs> Creative Services. Um, another year, like I said, another mysterious figure <laughs> uh, looming over WCW. Then we go outside. Uh, this was this is amazing start to pay-per-view for me. Did you like this? But Bischoff as like a parking lot microphone bitch guy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And he's sort of doing the whole like welcoming the wrestlers as they appear in their in their rental <laughs> cars. So we get an incredible pairing of uh, Abby the Butcher and Cactus Jack. <laughs> Who the fuck let them rent a car together? <laughs> you imagine them two walking in. <laughs> um, oh, we've got DDP in a diamond stud. Is D- I take it DDP is not a wrestler there. I take I it is he like his manager more. or something? Yeah, I think he's his manager. I think it was a while yet before he was actually uh, a signed wrestler, DDP. And uh, how, yeah, and and then we've got Barry Windham and a really, really young looking Dustin Rhodes, oh, but yeah. Um, yeah. hiding in the bushes, <laughs> where the enforcers, Larry Bisco and Arn Anderson, and they beat the shit out of poor <laughs> Barry Windham. Yep. They're giving him the Vinnie Jones treatment and like slamming the car door against his leg and all that. Yeah, so Wyndham was supposed to be in this batshit crazy first match, is that right? Yes. Yes. But there was a few different people supposed to be in it. Kevin Ash was supposed to be in it okay. as, as well. Uh, but Wyndham was supposed to be in it on the face side, heel side, I don't know. I don't think they they would possibly know. Um yeah. 
So yeah, that was a fun start. I, I liked the whole. The, it didn't. Does I think we said this last time? Like a lot, some of it just doesn't feel very WCW, but in a fun, mm-hmm. like you're surprised yeah. by it. Way. I mean, right at the start, I was thinking this. I might enjoy this. Um, yeah. And then, and then, okay, right. I've got something to read you here. So wait, we've had the we've had the Thunderdome match in '89. Yep. Now yep. we've got the Chamber of Horrors match. And this is what our ring announcer tells us. This special attraction will involve two teams, each team consisting of four team members. Okay, got that. The match will be confined in the Chamber of Horrors, which is equipped with several instruments of torture. Okay. Sounds very people under the stairs. The object (laughs) of the match is to put a member of the opposing team in the Chamber of Horrors chair of torture and then to pull the fatal lever which will render one of the teammates helpless I've had a fatal injury I am helpless <laughs> so yeah, those are the rules yeah it's a little bit a little bit misleading I mean I think I messaged you when I was first watching this like alright so you get a guy in the chair and you kill him and that's that's how you win because that's how it was sold uh-huh. you get the guy in the chair it's an electric chair basically you get the guy in the chair and you kill him that's it and the the what what was the phrase that we would have implements of torture or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, instruments yeah. of torture. Instruments of torture, in- including a chainsaw. Now there wouldn't have <laughs> been any need for a torture chair if Scott, if uh, Rick Steiner had managed to get that chainsaw in there. Um, <laughs> so so that's our opening match, and I guess it's our opening match because they've got this big steel cage with what yeah. else is to come in the middle of it. <laughs> My, my very first issue, Adam, even beyond all of this, they bring the teams out. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? How do they? How would you describe how they bring the teams like, out? Because <laughs> so there's 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 no logic in terms of you bring out the participants from team one and then team two. You know, normally bring out your heels first uh-huh. and then bring out your baby faces for the good reaction. Uh-huh. But but no. <laughs> They, it's it's a mishmash of introductions and entrances. They, I don't know if it seemed designed for it. I'm trying to admit Sting. Sting, I think, is the last person to come out, and obviously he's going to get a good reaction. He's Sting. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Was it was it Vader? Maybe was the last from the other team. He'll possibly. And I wondered, did they think he was going to get a good reaction as well? So were they worried about? But it just it didn't make any sense. You, no. I was trying to write down the teams, and I was like, right, so so the teams are El, El Gigante, Giant Gonzalez, the Steiners and Sting, that's your face team, and Abby the Butcher, Vader, Cactus Jack and the Diamond Stud as your heels. Yeah. I was like, okay, so he must be... Wait, wait, what? Us just so confusing when they're doing one for the heels, one for the face, one for the... Yeah. One for the face. I think the Steiners must... Is it the Steiners come out? No, I think you're right about Sting coming out last. I just remember Rick Steiner finding a chainsaw and trying to bring it in. Yeah, um, I think... So I think when Cactus Jack gets introduced, he has a chainsaw. But I think he puts it down. Right, as you would <laughs> if you're going into a, a fatal battle. Yeah, but I think Rick wants a bit of that. <laughs> he's thinking he's bringing that in. Amazing. <laughs> So uh, the cage is just sort of a normal cage, but inside it there's 
like they say, there's 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 weapons. There's two coffins. Mm-hmm. There's a fucking guy in one of the coffins. <laughs> a hooded guy that JR and Shivani don't even really make that much reference to. They're just like, oh, there's another man in there. And that's it. And I can't think what happened with the other man. Did he did he do anything? Or did he just He got involved in something, but he just sort of got laid out because they end up putting Scott Hall in the casket at one point. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) To say that this is an absolute clusterfuck (laughs) of a match would be giving it credit, but do you know what? Do you know what? I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was fun to watch in a a stupid, yes, this is wrestling type of way. Now, do you know, see, when I'm watching it, I, I didn't enjoy it, but I was watching it thinking, right, this is the shenanigans match, right? So we're going to get this out of the way. We get it done, and then we move on. We'll have some real matches. Something's going to happen with this WCW Phantom, whatever. I'm, I'm still up for this. Just need to, you know, there's craziness here. We'll just get through it and move past it. And then I thought everyone's going to be fine because all I had in my head was there was all these awesome tag team matches the last time. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe I should have twigged. The Steiners are in this match. Um, yeah, th- things aren't going to improve. So maybe I should look back and enjoy this match more than more than I did. <laughs> there's some big, big names, but you've got Steiners in here, Sting. Big fan Vader at the time was was big. They're making a big deal of him. Yeah, and I I did quite enjoy seeing them two going at it, and it was kind of just like the pair of them fighting. I thought it was cool. Uh, Cactus Jack, obviously, and then you've got people like Diamond Stud and El Gigante and Abdul the Butcher. It it does seem like quite a strange mixture of people I, they've got yeah. in the match. I assume they put um, Abdul the Butcher in for. Gore, you know, they're just thinking we need somebody who's yeah. Because I don't remember him having a particularly long run in WCW. I think yeah. he was always sort of known as a guy that was kind of going around the world and bleeding a hell of a lot, um, <laughs> sticking forks and people and leaving. <laughs> but there's, I need to ask about something because I yeah. still don't have yes. a clue what happened here. There's these people come down all in white. Oh, the like, ghouls. Yeah, what's, what? <laughs> what? What was the purpose of the ghouls? To take out the dead body. Because somebody's going to get killed. Because there's going to be a fatal incident. They're they're supposed to be like, have white painted faced, like, sort of ghosts, or they were referred to as ghouls by JR. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know if it's the fact that, you know, the the fatal lever or whatever. I just feel like I was getting some mixed messages (laughs) through this match. That maybe we get about five five minutes, maybe a bit longer, um, of just these eight just flying about all over the place, attacking each other. Suddenly from the sky, we get another smaller cage being lowered into the middle of the cage. Foley is lying in the middle of the ring, and it nearly lands on him. So I think Scott Steiner has to tell him to move. <laughs> um, inside... This other cage, we've got what you would uh, you would call that an electric chair, wouldn't you? What, what you would yeah. uh, say is an electric chair. Now, JR then points out to us that there is a switch on the cage that would switch from off to on. You need to get your opponent into this seat to win the match. You switch it off from on. 
the fatal flaw, no pun intended, being the fucking switch is stuck on on. And every time somebody rattles off the cage, it just bounces back onto on. Doesn't matter how many times the ref moves it back to off. I think JR tries to cover for that a point. There's there's definitely a moment where I think is it the this Scott Steiner I think gets Cactus Jack into the chair, but they can't flick the switch and I was looking thinking well, it's it's flicked. <laughs> it keeps it keeps you're, flicking. You're fine, he's dead. It's done. <laughs> Eventually there's nothing much else to highlight here. Eventually they get Abdullah Butcher because of course they do. They get Abdullah Butcher onto this seat. Cactus Jack, for some reason, has decided not to watch the whole proceedings. He thinks it's Rick Steiner, switches it to on, and uh, Cactus Jack, eh, Abdullah Butcher gets cooked. And he's selling this pretty impressively, to be fair. It's like, um, a, I mean, if you flick the switch so you kill the wrong guy, is that like involuntary manslaughter? Is that... Uh, poor Jack, I mean... He didn't mm. know. I mean, he was trying to kill a guy. He just, just wasn't not, trying to kill that guy. That guy. Aye. His pal. So there you go. The winners were the face team, Elegante, the Steiners, and Sting, through having not done very much, really. Uh, and I've, I've got my notes here. Please let that be it. Yes, it is. Thank God. Oh, no. He's back alive again. So Cactus comes over and sort of takes him, t- takes him out of this chair and he comes back to life. He attacks Cactus Jack, does Abdullah Butcher. He fucking leathers a cameraman. Yeah. He proper kicks somebody over. And then he takes out all the ghouls as well. Their drive to the next town is going to be awkward, I tell you, mm. Jack and Abdullah. You could be right. You could be right. Do you think Abdullah the Butcher's estate might have some sort of grounds for suing the Rock for the most electrifying man in sports entertainment? <laughs> oh wow! Brilliant! That, Brilliant! My favourite part of all of this is that it goes back to Shivani and Jr. And Shivani looks like a dog that's pissed on the rug. He looks so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jr. Just tried his best to, you know, make it all seem legit. A hard time trying to uh, trying to shoehorn in the the Steiners College um, <laughs> escapades and how that's going to benefit them. Well, <laughs> oh dear, what a start! What a start to a pay per view. Uh, okay, backstage we've got Easy E. He is with Missy Hyatt. They have been looking for the WCW. WCW Phantom. She's determined to to find out who it is, but just as they're talking, here come the Young Pistols. And they say that they don't give a hoot in the heck who it is. <laughs> which I like. Um, they're more interested in the US tag titles. And the Young Pistols, do you think that's a rip-off? It's so funny how in WCW and WWF they just, they just happen to have like the mirror of each person and team and all that, don't they? Smoking yeah. guns, the the, yeah. the young pistols. Yeah. Anyway, take us back to the ring, Adam. But but wait, please don't, because it's our second match. Oh, God. Yeah. It, <laughs> this, this was Big Josh and PN News up against the Creatures 
So, yeah, so the, 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 the little graphic tells us they're the mysterious creatures, but JR's clearly not he's, finding them too mysterious. He's just he's, referring he, to them he knows exactly who they are, so he's just going with the creatures. Do you know who's um, under there? No, I don't. Yeah, so one of them's Joey Mags. I don't know who that is. Another's Tommy Rich. Come <laughs> on, he's like must be contracted to be on every Havoc car. Wow. Um, uh, big... it, like, were were you familiar with um, PN News? I was not. It's, were you? it's obviously like I don't know a hero of John Cena's early character. I'm, I'm amazing. He did. He did a rap in the ring, didn't he? Yep, he did. Um, I think this was maybe just them dipping their toe into that kind of character. You you told me who uh, who Big Josh was though, because I wasn't aware before that. Yes, Big Josh was uh, Matt Bourne, aka yeah. Doink the Clown, the first Doink the Clown, the one that could yep. actually wrestle. The best um, Doink the Clown. Yep. Yeah, the one and, that when he was playing Angry Clown looked legitimately pissed off every time mm. he was walking about. If you have had the chance to see the Doink the Clown episode of Dark Side of the Ring. You see a bit of, see a bit of Big Josh in that. Okay. Um, Not seen that yet. Quite a good episode. Okay. Uh, PN News is a, a large gentleman but he can, oh, he's a big guy. He can, yeah. can get about the yeah. ring. Yeah. And I like Big Big Josh can wrestle. Yes. He's angry, isn't he? He's physical. Yeah, yeah I think I think maybe this was just a pissed off guy that was in various roles throughout his wrestling career. Yeah, uh, it does seem that way. He certainly, based on those stories in Dark Side of the Ring, seemed like an angry okay. uh, gentleman outside the ring as well. Okay. Um, yeah, there's not much to say, but this is a bit of, this is not a pay per view match, is it? No, this this was the first moment though that it hit me about all. All the good tag teams and good matches before, and this is the first tag match on this card. And I just thought, really naively, after really enjoying the last show, maybe they just really make tag teams a feature on Halloween Havocs. Maybe that's a thing, maybe. and we'll just go with that. And this is now the tag teams they're offering up, and it's just not the same. There's more to come as well. It yeah. gets worse. Uh, this was a squash squash match, although Siobhan Shiv- at one point starts talking up the teamwork of the creatures. He tried, yeah. <laughs> right just... at the point, I think they were just getting their champion out of them. <laughs> Big Josh picks one up and does a razor's edge and damn near kills them. Yeah. Folds <laughs> them in half. And then he does. he's not big enough to be doing an earthquake splash. Nah, not to make a big deal of it, nah. Um, but there we go. Big Josh and PN News uh, get the win. Mm. Not for me. Nah. Okay. Who's next? Okay. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the name of the 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 faction that um, Terence Taylor and Alex... The, 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 York, the York Foundation? The York Foundation. Okay. Sounds like a charity. Yeah, it does. Um, so we've got we've got beautiful Bobby Eaton out on his own because, of course, you would want to split up a fantastic yeah. tag team. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, taking on Terence Taylor uh, with Alexandra York of the York Foundation. Who is Adam? That's Terry Reynolds. Yes, I wonder yeah. if she was. Would she, would she have been with Dustin Rhodes at this point? Maybe not. Just a I'm young lad, sure. of course. Like, 
I, there, there's quite often chat from uh, Shivani on his podcast about how he he for whatever his reasons he talks about the fact they used to hang around and like make up and talk to the girls before shows and stuff. That's like. a weird guy. And she had started as a makeup artist for really? them, and uh, she just was there at loads of the shows, and then they eventually decided, well. we'll sign you we'll put you on tv and i think this has maybe just happened i think this is so maybe not with um dustin yet I right, okay. can we talk about the alexandra york gimmick yeah do you like it i i don't hate the idea i'm just not sure about the way it's executed okay Okay, well, it's 19... Well, let's explain what it is. <laughs> yeah, she, she carries out a handheld computer. And throughout the match, she is on this computer. And every now and again, Terence Taylor will roll out the ring. And she'll give him... She's looked up on her computer the... Uh, the, 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 the data the, helps him strategize what to do. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautifully yeah. put. Yeah. So he, he can consult her consult a computer and, sh- and in theory should be able to go back in and be able to pull off some sort of move that gives them the advantage I think that gimmick would work amazing now yeah I think you know I suppose here in 1991 I suppose computers are still considered to be these big things that sit maybe in a few people's houses but mostly just in offices um, and not really knowing, you know, that your regular person that's going to a match or going to a show, not really knowing what it's about, what's uh-huh. going on, all that kind of thing. I suppose now you would do it totally differently because they could be totally aware of what, well, they would be totally aware of what it is you're doing and what the purpose is. But I wondered if, like, see when, <laughs> I don't know if it's the way the, the the performers were playing it, but like she's holding her or sometimes when the guy's in the ring like holding the little computer up at them Towards. and they're kind of nodding away and I'm thinking you know it, <laughs> I don't know I, didn't, I struggled to buy it yeah uh, it's funny like, they got away with it because people would know what they were looking yeah. at sort of thing and it's just oh this high tech thing mm-hmm. um, it's funny to look back on I do think it would work now. I, I, I was fantasy booking somebody using some sort of AI or something like that. that they, uh, they go out and it tells them what to do next and then they get in the yeah. ring and do it and it works. Yeah. Um, this this match, what do you think of this match? Oh, I, just, I really didn't like it, but I, I, I just, I don't want to see Bobby in, in a singles match. Um, and I mm. don't want to see the Red Rooster. I just don't, I just don't have an interest in seeing his matches. No, me neither. They 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 say that, that Terry Taylor was like one of the, one of these sort of good technical wrestlers, don't they? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. they went and gave him the Red Rooster gimmick and it killed him. But like mm-hmm. you can see, he's a technically a good wrestler. But the match goes on for fucking ages. I know he is this this always like he's always said you know he and uh, Kurt Henning signed at similar times. Kurt Henning got Mister Perfect. He got the red rooster, and you're like, and he he sort of says it in a way that you know I could have been Mister Perfect. I don't buy that. I don't think he had the charisma to carry that off at all. Nah, um, no, he definitely needs the the valley. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He doesn't sort of exude that same level. Nah, nah. Kurt Hennings, Mister Perfect. Yeah. 
um, I don't want to go into this. It goes on for far too long. It was about, I looked it up, I think it was about 16 minutes or something like that, but it felt longer. It, I think I was messaging you saying it's been on for 45 minutes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Uh, cut to the chase. Bobby Eaton hits the, the Alabama jam off the top rope. Huge leg drop. Love to see that. Um, and gets the win. Yeah. Like, Big Bobby and is it beautiful Bobby and gets the win. Yeah. Um, so so much for your computer, Alexandra York. Yeah. Uh, and the hits keep coming, Adam. Match four. You think they're saving? They're saving a good one up for us somewhere. Uh, we get Jimmy Garvin with Michael Hayes. Michael Hayes has got his arm in a sling. We're told he's injured. Yeah. Uh, I've I've got here in my notes. You already know that Hayes is definitely not injured. <laughs> um. He is taking on Johnny B. Bad with Terry Long. Terry Long? Teddy Long. Teddy Long. I was very confused who the heel and face were here for quite a long time in this match. Yeah, I, I still don't know if I know. Um, but I suppose Ted, Teddy Long was generally a heel manager, wasn't he? Yeah. I think, yeah. I, I think Johnny B. Bad was a massive face for much as WCW yeah. run, was he not? Yeah. Is, they've always said that thing as well that this was it was the character Vince fell in love with, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. He didn't. He signed him and then couldn't use the same character for you know copyright uh, laws and stuff like that. So didn't really have a plan for Mark Merrow. Although they do talk up his box in here, which they did. They made a massive deal of that. Golden the... gloves, champion. Yeah, um, yeah, I was laughing when he was coming out because they very clearly had plans for some sort of extravagant entrance. And he's mm-hmm. trying to get Teddy Long to move out of the way, and he's like, "Move, move!" And then he holds up his holds up his cape, that, um, <laughs> and it's just the shittiest little uh, party poppers that go off next to him. Uh, amazing! Oh, this this is another one. This was really this wasn't great at all, was it? No, I don't. I don't think I like. I really don't have much in my notes about stuff happening. I've got like. Pre-match battle of flamboyance between Hayes and uh, Johnny B. Bad. Um, Teddy Long trying to interfere through bits and pieces uh, of the match, and then an assist by Teddy Long. Johnny B. Bad knocks uh, Garvin out KO left hand. That's right. That's right. There's a there's a bit in this where Johnny B. Bad does a sunset flip from the top rope. And if I didn't know any better, I'd have thought he broke his neck. He, he makes an absolute fluff of it and lands right on the top of his head. Oh, Terrible. Yeah. Um, my favourite part of this match was... So JR, throughout this match, is just just your normal JR. You were 1991 WCW. He's probably talking about their college um, degrees and he's probably talking about territories with, with uh, about the, the Freebirds. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, he just explodes and starts calling Teddy Long peanut head, like over and over again. <laughs> I don't know why he's... Uh, <laughs> summon Ryle JR mid-match. <laughs> who, did you say who ended up winning there? Uh, Johnny B. Oh, Bad. Johnny B. Bad yeah. gets him with the, the, the hook. Right? The knockout okay. punch. Yeah. yeah. Did, he never went as far up the ranks as far as world title or anything, did he? I remember I don't from like think your so. WCW Saturday nights or whatever it was. I remember him always being on it. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't think he was in the title picture. I don't think. 
Okay, okay. Backstage, Missy Hyatt's still on the lookout. This show's mental, actually. See when you start talking about Missy Hyatt's still on the lookout for the WCW Phantom backstage. She asks Bobby Eaton where he is, and he doesn't care because he says he's off to celebrate with a pumpkin. What does he mean? Well, that's the question. <laughs> that, that's the question. Okay, things things have started. Thing, the corner has turned, I think, Adam. For a match number five for the world television title, stunning Steve Austin with Lady Blossom taking on Dustin Rhodes. Uh, what have we got? A fifteen-minute time limit here. Yeah. What do you think of this match? You must have I, enjoyed this. I did enjoy this. Um, first thing that struck me, and I'm pretty sure I messaged you about it when Austin came out. I thought, oh, he's young. Like I immediate, that was the immediate thought. Mm-hmm. But then Dustin came out, mm-hmm. and. Uh, He's very tall. He's a big guy. But he looks about 12 years old. Uh, he's like gangly. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of, as soon as I, I saw this was the match on the card, I thought, right, this is where I get a little bit of my money back here. Because <laughs> I thought, I'm going to enjoy this, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. So I think people kind of forget, you know, post neck break, how good a worker Austin was. Very, very good worker in the ring. Oh. Um, and Dustin... Again, maybe overshadowed with all the gold dust stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, very good worker in the ring. And it worked. I thought it was a good good match between the two. The only thing I did know as we were going, I thought this is going time limit draw. Because right. they, they just kept referencing it. And it's not just... Cause we've seen matches before where the announcer sort of counts down. Like five minutes left or whatever. Uh-huh. But the JR and uh, Shivani kept mentioning it as well and uh, there was definitely a point where I thought yeah we're we're going time limit draw here that's that's inevitable but yeah, we, I, I did enjoy the match though we've said that about certainly JR we've said that about there's a couple of times Shivoni does it and other bits that we'll get on to yeah they, they know too much just yeah. um just let us sort of enjoy it uh Dustin Rhodes should have kept this natural gimmick yeah surely yeah. it's good the only thing I didn't like was when he's counting along with the ref. I didn't see the point. Yeah, Just what, hold the guy down, yeah, what, what, what was that? Like, I've, I have seen it done before, and I've definitely seen there's been performers over the years that'll like hook the leg and they'll do a big head nod along with the ref's count uh-huh. and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that's momentum sort of thing. Yeah, but I've not I've not seen somebody really doing the doing the hands. That can't help you. You ever seen Austin on his um, Broken Skull Ranch thingamajig? He'll often say he has an issue with people that don't hook the leg. If you're not trying to get the pin to win, then you're uh-huh. uh, you're, yeah. you're not like making it look uh, mm-hmm. as re- as real as it can. I wonder if he was pissed off after that match. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, I, th- there's a couple of funny bits in this. Shivani's uh, Shivani refers to Austin as the hottest athlete in WCW. And JR yeah. takes this as a sign to just like start drooling over Austin. <laughs> I think this is where it all began. It must GR. have been. It must have been. There's no Doctor Death in the pay per view. He needs to replace him. Um, they also reference Dustin Rhodes's mum being in the crowd and the show in the crowd. Yeah, and I thought it was really weird that they didn't mention uh, Dusty. I thought oh, Dusty must have been in WWF at this point. And, yeah, you know, maybe he's, yeah. he's, he's, in, he's involved in the he's main event. The show. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, that is strange. I, I, that crossed my mind as well. I was also trying to think, like, I remember Dustin had a good run. He, he, like, he definitely, I think, is in the TV title picture. And I think he does, like, he ends up doing some tag matches with Dusty as well. Does he? Does he do? Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think the whole natural thing ended because he gets fired and he goes to WWF. And oh, really? They end up using them totally differently. Is it, I do wonder how it would have panned out. There was something he did in a match, like he wasn't supposed to. I think the, the, there were a couple of them maybe got fired. It was like a group match, and I think he, he bled, and there wasn't supposed to be any blood or something like that, and he got fired mm-hmm. for it. And I think the feeling's always been it was to kind of get at Dusty, who had some power over creative at the time, and people didn't like that, so right. it was uh, kind of done. For for getting at him, which is a mm. shame, you know, because you do wonder. I mean, Goldust was very successful, but what could he have been in a different role uh-huh. somewhere else? Aye, and probably impossible for him to have ever went from Goldust to back to natural gimmick unless yeah. he'd taken a really big long sort of time off. Yeah, the, uh, the only time I remember them stopping the Goldust thing, he became like this. Like he would speak out against all issues and stuff like that. He was like, he became like this ultra serious, maybe religious, I think, character for a little while in WWE, and then they ended up just going back to gold dust. Was was that that wasn't the White Undertaker character, was it? No, I don't. Who who's that again? Hmm, that's a good question. Do, do, do you know who I'm talking about? Is that WCW think, yeah. or WWF? I thought you were going to reference Tafkag, but that was that was um, still Gold Dust. It's just the artist formerly known as. Yeah. No, I don't think he was. Who? No, that's not. That's nah. not. Nah. That's, yeah, I, I just remember he, he did Morde- like... Sorry, Mordecai. That's that's who that's I was it. That's it. Yeah, but he he did like interviews and he was all super serious. And but because WWE was like this really edgy product at the time, he'd be like, "You can't be showing that. That's disgraceful." All that kind of like almost like a what they have that right to censor. Right to group. censor. Yeah. Before that was a thing, he I think briefly did it as an individual thing, and they just canned it after a few weeks. I think classic. <laughs> um, do you know what I found? Uh, this is weird as well, but I find myself like getting excited watching this version of Austin and thinking, like, "Oh my god, imagine what he could have become when uh-huh. he, became, he, he became he became the pinnacle the of biggest star." Yeah, aye, but he could have been. <laughs> is it stupid to say he could have been more? Do, Wait, do you know I, what I mean by that? Yeah, the the only thing I, I think I always wondered about if you didn't have the neck break, then in ring. He, you know, I'm sure he would have slowed his style because um, he probably he took quite a lot of bumps early mm-hmm. in his career. Mm-hmm. He would have slowed it. But I do wonder if, see, when you got in people, and he, he had great matches with them, but see, when you brought in people like Angle and Benoit and people like that into the company, if he was still able to really wrestle them rather than brawl when they were wrestling him, um, that that could have been interesting. I'd love to have seen, yeah, absolutely. I'd, I would love to have seen this Austin versus Bret Hart. Yeah, yeah, that would have been good. I mean, we got a classic Bret Austin, but absolutely, of it, course. But it could have, yeah, it, he's he's really good here. 
He's, oh. he's got a good move set, a varied move set, and that's another thing. You know, he, he definitely cut his move set right down uh, later in the career. But he can do a lot here. He's such a good heel as well because th- there's there's the likability factor, but there's these little subtle things oh. that he does are just so good, so good. He's uh, a cocky grab- bastard. He is so good at it. He's grabbing the tights. He does these arrogant covers. He's using the ropes for covers. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's brilliant. Really, really good. Um, they were obviously going for a, a a really, really tight like let's let let's let him kick out with or or we want to get to like two seconds left and he gets the three count sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if they 100 percent managed to execute that, but it was a good match. Yeah. I was I was watching it thinking because. Towards the finish, D- Dustin is looking like he's ready to put Austin away, and um, he he's up in the corner, from what I remember, and um, he comes flying off, flying clothesline, and I was watching for the timing because the timekeeper's already counting down his ten second countdown from there, and I thought, right, obviously they need to be in sync, so the timekeeper will have waited, I'm sure, until <laughs> Dustin was ready to do a certain thing, um, but. I think they just about got away with it because I suppose the bit people will look for most when he actually covers him, he's just said three, the mm. timekeeper. So obviously he can't get the pin. But yeah, it was they they got away with it. I think. Really hope we get more more Austin. I'd love to see so much mm-hmm. more of this version. Yeah. Um, okay. There's there's a green tick against what we've the rest of the stuff that we've seen so far. Phew. Let's get back to the dark side, shall we? We've got a young Kevin Nash. Oh, my word. Yeah. Character Oz, who um, I, I, I wrote my notes that he looks, it looks like someone's given Sting the Captain America serum. Because <laughs> yeah. he's just huge and got this blonde spiky hair. Uh, I, I, I take it this is. Did they say that he's from the Emerald City? Yeah, I think it, this so. is like, yeah. um, I mean, t- and his his opponent's not got much a better gimmick. We've got Bill Kazmaier, um, who appears to be carrying an inflatable globe, and he's described to be the world's. What do they say? He's the world's strongest human. Yeah, and I think I think he's maybe an ex football player, and, right. and then went into like weightlifting and stuff like that. I mean, he's a big guy. As well, but, certainly is. Uh, it makes you question why Oz would go for a test of strength with him when he's yeah. carrying the world out with him. When Oz first came back. out, I was thinking, "Oh, this is—he's massive. They're going to make a big deal out of him." And then I don't even know how long the match goes. But it's, it's no long. Uh, and I, I was also thinking, um, so. Uh, what's his name? Did they call him Kaz? Were they referring to him as Kaz, Bill Kazmaier? Um, I've referred to him as Big Kazzy in my notes, if you'd like okay. to refer to him as a... <laughs> Okay, you're getting a bit more familiar with him, but that's fine. Uh, he he wins the match with a backbreaker. Yep. And I was thinking, Lex Luger is your world champion here. And that's his move. Yep. That, that's not cool. <laughs> but... Big Kazzy skinned the cap before he slapped on the torture rack. So maybe it's an, a, like a an all-in-one 
move. Okay. I think they do mention. When did you last see Lex Luger skin the cat, Adam? That's what I want to know. I think they do mention that he'd previously won matches with a power bomb or something like that. Um, But yeah, I don't know why he went for the the backbreaker today. But um, I keep. Are we like, you know, come 1992, if he's still around, are we sticking with Kazi? Is that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's put put away Oz at his peak. Oh, yeah. What what else did Kevin Nash go on to do? Uh, another squasher like take this off the pay-per-view yeah put it on tv it's fine give austin versus dustin give them 30 minutes yeah yeah. take some time away for terence fucking taylor god damn it here we go so so this i think this was supposed to be who who michael hayes could this be who michael hayes was supposed to be fighting Van Hammer or Doug Summers? Van Hammer. Okay. Because this guy, this Doug is... Summers, they clearly just, he was a caretaker oh, yeah. or something. They grabbed yeah, this... him. But they, they call him, they call him Pretty, Pretty boy. boy. And I'm looking thinking, I'm, that's, that doesn't fit. Nah. Listen, I'm no oil painting, but. Doug Summers unless, is not a pretty unless, boy. Unless it's like you know how you know you get a really tall guy and you call him tiny or something like it's maybe it's maybe that kind of situation. Okay. Like um yeah. like Zeus was. He was called Tiny Lister, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um I'm not sure it's the same thing. <laughs> Sexy Doug Summers. <laughs> uh questionable. Oh, this they, what was his deal with WCW and heavy metal fan hammer? They, I don't they, know. Somebody somewhere went all in on this. This guy. I don't know. I don't know why I was looking for this. I think again, I maybe blame Tony Schiavone because I think he referenced. He was asked the question. You know, on a lot of these podcasts, they do like an ask anything, and you just get quick uh-huh. fire questions, give the answers. He was asked about what the worst performers he's seen in a WCW ring, and he definitely named Van Hammer. So did you so really? I think I was looking for it. Almost everything. Is mistimed or or <laughs> offset? Like, I think if he'd been doing, like, I kept thinking he is going to hurt this guy. Mm-hmm. Now maybe, and then I thought, given the benefit of the doubt, maybe they didn't have much time. You know, if it's a last minute add-in, but oh, there was a lot that looked not good. Like he does a power slam, and uh, and then a leg drop, and I think the leg drop goes across the face, and. Um, there's like a is it a slingshot suplex they refer to yes. it as, yep. and I thought he was going to kill the guy. Yeah, guy um, landed on his fucking head. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part. It... Yes, go on. <laughs> My favorite part. Go on. Pretty boy almost gets out, <laughs> and all I was thinking is, if you are enhancement talent here, you're not getting another gig for almost kicking out of that. Like, the match is clearly set up to get Van Hammer over, but this guy's trying to kick him his To be oh, fair, the guy's much. just been landing on his head. Uh, he maybe doesn't have a clue where he is. <laughs> oh, that really tickled me. <laughs> I had to look up to see if this was Van Hammer that was in the flock. Um, because I was like, so this guy that was kind of like a like a, 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 a what would you call him? Just like a not even a mid-carder. He's just like mm-hmm. somebody that would hang about. He'd hold up a sign and all that for the yeah. flock. Is that the same guy that they're talking about being this massive same. big star? Same guy. Yeah, I think um, maybe if they could just keep him out of the ring, that would be that'd be good. Well, they, all round. Seems like that's what they went for. 
yeah. let's get, let's get him in a in a vest that's got a bunch of holes in it, and let's see his nipples. <laughs> we, should, we should be alright with that. Oh, it's so funny when he kicked at that finisher because, like you say, it does look like he's fucking killed the guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next we have got uh, our boy Flying Brian Pillman and Richard Morton. Uh, they're each cutting a promo about winning what appears to be a new belt, the light heavyweight title yep. belt. Um, I'm sure JR tells us it's such a rat. It's like two, you have to be under two hundred and thirty-six pounds or something like that to, mm-hmm. to, which is crazy. That when we watched wrestling, so before UFC was a thing, I don't think I had a clue about weight classes. No, okay, yeah, but then. Yeah. Like light heavyweight in MMA or certainly in the mm-hmm. UFC is two hundred and five pounds, and these are fucking gigantic guys. Yeah. To to me, like a light heavyweight was like Takamichi no Ku. It's like this yeah. Ta- ta- yeah. cruiser cruiserweight. Um, yeah. And I, I don't think I ever understood that. And it's funny seeing them talking about being it being two hundred and thirty six pounds. I'm sure that's what Jr. says. Remember uh, they used that's a to, giant I quite, man. I quite liked when. I think it was was it with Matt Hardy that they used to kind of make a joke of the fact that he obviously wasn't at the weight to be in the cruiserweight division. Yeah. So they'd be like they'd have JR questioning it like on commentary. And I thought that's fine, make a joke out of it. That's fine. But yeah, these 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 are pretty big guys. I mean, maybe not compared to some of the other guys on the card, but they're pretty big guys. Aye, absolutely. Because you know that Brian Pillman played nose tackle at the University of Cincinnati, oh, don't you? I hadn't, hadn't heard that. Oh, good for him. Talking about that, as soon as this match starts, JR straight in about the college oh, yeah. accolades. Fuck me, we don't need to hear it every single pay-per-view. God <laughs> almighty, it's too much. Um, what what do you think of this match? I thought it was okay. Like I, I much prefer seeing... Richard Morton being Ricky Morton in his tag team. Um, mm-hmm. I was always a fan of Flying Brian when this was starting. I ca- I'd basically written off the card, and then I had the Austin <laughs> and uh, Dustin just bring me back to life a wee bit. And then I thought, right, this might be my other match, but it's okay, right? So I, I thought it was fine, but Richard Morton, even with Alexandra York and part of the York Foundation, doesn't grab me anything like he does when he's in a tag team. No. Nah, my my issue with this was I think I said this to you quite similar to Terry Taylor and um, Bobby Eaton match was it went too long. I don't know how long yeah, it went, but it, it went too long. long. Yeah, it felt like even after ten or so minutes, it still felt like the match was hadn't really got Just started starting yet. Out. Yeah, yeah. I like Brian. I really like Brian Pillman, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, these two maybe just didn't mesh at all. It- he had he had a few moments in the match, Pillman. He kind of forget how like he's obviously quick and agile, but he's really powerful and explosive with it. So a lot of the moves he does look like you know everything he's doing matters type thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought he had some good moments, and then he was I thought he was doing a decent job trying to sell his shoulder for most of the match, and then they were sort of putting him in the jeopardy of uh, further attacks on the shoulder and things like that. Uh, it was So it was a tournament final, this. I had a, I had a quick look at who the other participants were. And it, 
it wasn't all that inspiring. <laughs> was Tom uh, Zink in it by any chance? No, no. No. Who did we have? So Brian Pillman got a bye in the first in the quarterfinals. Somebody called Joey Mags. Oh, he was one of the mysterious he, creatures. He was. Yep. Um Bad Street, Brad Armstrong. So one of the Armstrong family. Okay. Yep. Uh, he he beat Joey Mags. Um Mike Graham. Now <laughs> He he was the son of like a legendary promoter, I think, Eddie Graham. Oh, right, he, okay. he must even be quite old here, I would have thought, <laughs> Mike Graham. He was up against Terry Taylor. <laughs> and he beat Terry Taylor. Right. Uh, right, did he? Wow. Yeah. And uh, Richard Morton beat somebody called Johnny Rich, who doesn't even have a link on Wikipedia. Johnny Rich. Brilliant. Yeah. So semi-finals, Pillman beat Bad Street, uh, Brad, Brad Armstrong, uh, R- Ricky Morton beat Mike Graham, and then we were at the final. So that reminds me, I think they said that the winner of Terence Taylor versus Bobby Eaton would take on the winner of this, did they not? Yeah, they, they mentioned that. Yeah, which seems bizarre given they've just went through. Like, give the guy a chance. Uh, and, to... and Terry Taylor <laughs> lost in the first round. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. That's at Alexandra York where computer. Yeah, must be up, up to naughty things. Uh, yeah, I think you would know that Pillman's going to win this. I think. Yeah, going in, you knew it. The crowd are with Pillman. I think the crowd are with Pillman every time he's, he's in the ring. He gets Aye. a good reaction. Yeah, I, I do find it interesting, having seen him in 89, 90 and 91, I feel like he's physically getting bigger. Yeah. Less less of that um, underdog high flyer and more, mm-hmm. I think you refer to it, like a bit more powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting yeah. to see the changes in him. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. We're at match number nine. Um, this is the WCW Halloween Phantom versus the Z-Man. Did you know who the Phantom was before I Tony did. Schiavone fucking laid it on a plate? I did. And oh. to be honest, there was even one, I was trying to think if I didn't know, there was quite a close-up camera shot <laughs> of the face. And I thought, I mean, it looks a lot like him. And at that point, Schiavone hadn't said anything. I mean, yeah, he he doesn't say the name, does he? He says the mm. rude awakening. Rude awakening for the neckbreaker, eh? Yeah. I like the Phantom's look, but I don't mean I ironically look. It looks ridiculous. Black, yeah. black cape, split white and black mask. It's a poor man's black scorpion, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jr. Jr. says he is a good-sized man. <laughs> <laughs> Another squash. Like I, I get the point of this because mm-hmm. you're wanting to. You want to have this character, you're going to unveil him later. I get the point of this. Yeah. But on a, on a card where we've already had about three or four... Yeah, if this is your only squash, you're fine with it. It's fine. Like, yeah, Aye. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, Shivoni says, I recognise that moustache, and then mentions the the rude awakening. Yeah, he <laughs> says, says some... go on. He says something like, there's certain moves that you associate with certain individuals. And then he says, and the rude awakening being one of them or something like that. And I was thinking, as I was listening, I was thinking, oh, this might be pissing JR right off. Well, there you go. JR just goes, interesting. And that's it. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so, so more to come from the WCW Halloween Phantom. 
Um, Adam, it takes us to our World Tag Team title match, and we've got the, the, the World Tag Team titles champions taking on the US Tag Team title champions, which is interesting. That is, of course, until you realise who the match is. Um, we uh, sung Arn Anderson's praises the last time we spoke, so I was delighted to see him on the card. I'm sure yep. you were. Love, love Arn Anderson. Yep. We've got Arn and Larry Spisco as the enforcers. Larry looking large. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Never yeah. mind Larry Legend. Talk about <laughs> Larry Large. Yeah. Looking like a beast. Um, they are taking on the Patriots. The Patriots are made up of, tell me if I've made this, If I, oh, I think I've only got one of their names, Firebreaker Chip. Firebreaker Chip and Todd Champion. And Todd Champion. Now, I can only remember Firebreaker Chip as the YMCA fireman guy. What was Todd Champion? Like a, like an American Todd Champion. Yeah, I try to remember what he what he looked, looked like. They looked like they'd done the old box of gimmicks thing and just been chucked together. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when I saw the the physical look of them, I thought that'll be a guy that ended up in WWF at some point. Like uh, I was, I, I was convincing myself that. Do you remember the what were they called? Um, there was this faction, like a military type faction. And it was led by, oh, what's his name? He's turned up in Impact and on AEW a bit. Don, Ca- Don Callis. Yes. And he had like this this crew. One of them uh-huh. was the massive guy that I think was Kurgan. Kurgan, uh, yep. But there were two others. And I, I, when I was seeing these guys, I thought these could easily be these other guys. But I looked it up. They weren't. Was it not? That's a great that, show. Sort of, that generic look of a big built guy. But... What, what was Callis's name? It was like Cyrus ah, the Virus type thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I can't I remember what was it was. It. Was I think it? That was maybe it. Yeah, yeah. And I, did he have more than one? He, he definitely was Cyrus no. the Virus. That was he? Was he called the Jackal? Oh. Yes, that's what he was during was that he? gimmick. He was the Jackal. Yep. So yep. weird. He, he had the yep. the gemstone uh, uh-huh. right in the middle of his forehead. How old? Yep. Crazy. Yep. I think he's still involved in. Yeah, yeah, he's had a quite a resurgence, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, aye, that's a good show about them too. This, this was, I don't know. I was looking forward to this, but then I saw these two cartoon characters coming out, and I just sort of lost hope with it. I, did, I didn't dislike the pairing of Arn and Larry Zabisco. No? I thought, like Larry Zabisco is like I, I don't know. I think I associate him as being this slightly comedy announcer that he was for a while. In WCW, mm-hmm. um, we've definitely seen him in matches, but maybe pretty late in his career. Right. But you can tell he's a he's a bit of a badass. And uh, Arn Anderson, like even in this not very good match, some of his selling of shock and frustration as they're being like, you know, out maneuvered and outpowered by these guys was was pretty good. It was uh, classic Arn Anderson, but. There just wasn't an awful lot to get very invested in here. No, I've got I've got similar notes about Arn. Um, so smooth in the ring. There's mm. something he does at one point. He, he he tags Larry, but he does it without looking, so he can keep an eye on on the guy, so that he doesn't make a move to get over him. That's just like yeah, just somebody that cares about what they're uh-huh. doing and, and yeah. puts puts thought into it. It's brilliant. I want more Arn Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, 
bit of a messy yeah. finish, but the spine buster basically finishes it off, doesn't it? Yeah. I've just seen in my nose that put Larry looks a bit like that slightly lively uncle who always goes a bit too far at a family gathering. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> he looks like he could kick anybody's ass. <laughs> brilliant. brilliant. That's, that's a brilliant description. <laughs> he really does. Oh no, he's had another drink. Look, he's having another one. For sake. He's got Probably. next door's dog by the collar. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's just Larry. Just Classic Larry. <laughs> They'll sort it out. That's brilliant. Eh, aye. I want more iron. Give us more iron, please. 1992, please. God yep. damn it. Um, okay. We d- we- we've not had much in the way of sort of backstage shenanigans or, or, or promos. So no. we-, we get a wee break from the, the ring and we get Paulie Dangerously coming out with Medusa. Um, we're told that, that, that Paulie's been off TV. I think he's been suspended for for making what, what do they, they refer to as he's been fired from his WCW television presenting duties. I think he must yeah. have been saying controversial stuff. Shocker. Yeah. Um, but he's pissed off is, is the gist of it. Yeah. Uh, and he wanted to find a man who could end Sting. Uh, and he brings that man out. It's the WCW Phantom. Something weird happens here after the Phantom reveals that he is, in fact, Rick Rude, takes the mask off. He starts trying to cut a promo, but there's like l- really, really loud rock music starts playing, <laughs> yeah. and you can't hear anything of what he's saying. Yeah, that was unfortunate. It's kind of, you, you could never even imagine this happening in WWF, especially like at any point within the last 25 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't happen. It just never happened. But yeah, I, I, like I, I quite like the police stuff. Like, you know, it's, it's a bit far-fetched. He's on the show, but he's suspended, but he talks about the fact he's got a manager's license and his way of getting back at them is to start taking away their heroes. And I that's thought, good. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. Uh, yeah, I can I can work with that. Um, so I quite I quite like that. He's, he's a good talker. He's he's always been a good talker. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it was a it was a shame. I was wondering what Rude would have actually been saying in that promo that he was trying to deliver. So so Rude seems to be a bit of a mercenary, and he's talking about all he cares about is his women and his money. And, yeah. and Polly uh, can can supply him with that. Poor, poor Medusa has just sort of stood in the background there, like yeah. a bit of a spare part. Yeah, she's she's basically holding a coat. It kind of <laughs> looks like, yeah. Um, so he is going to help Polly do exactly what you've said there. He wants to bankrupt WCW. My, my question for you, Adam, is: Is this the start of the Dangerous Alliance? I. See, I'm sure Rude is in the Dangerous Alliance, and I'm fairly sure Medusa is as well. So it kind of seems like it would be. Yeah. Do you remember who Ar- Arn's in Dangerous Alliance? Austin is in yes. the Dangerous Alliance. I want to see, is, is Bobby Eaton in it? Oh, that sounds familiar. I think we've looked this up before, haven't we? Oh, have we? And Did they that... do a. There's definitely a Dangerous Alliance War Games match. Um, but I don't remember yeah. when or anything like that. I assumed this was the start of it, but uh, keen to know. Yeah, so we've got 
uh, also this was a thing in this was a thing in the AWE as well. Dangerous Alliance. Yeah, so in the AWE, Paulie, um, Adrian Adonis, Dennis Condry, um, Randy Rose. I don't know Randy Rose. Um, and then it was in the CWA. Basically, I think anywhere Heyman went. Um, Eddie Gilbert, Missy Hyatt, Austin Idol, Tommy Rich. The WCW version, Arn Anderson, Bobby and Larry Zabisco, Medusa, Michael Hayes, Rick Rude and Steve Austin. Wow. It's a good... So the Enforcers maybe went in as that tag team. Yeah. That's cool. It, yeah, it's it's a good lineup for a for a faction. You ever you ever you know, you ever hear of factions talked about best factions like that? So that's a that's a top one. You never really hear talked yeah, about it's it. Underrated. I th- I don't know how how long it existed for in uh, in WCW. Um but yeah, no, it's that like hearing that I'd be interested in seeing matches when they were that group. Aye. I defo. That Austin that we saw earlier with the whole um, heel tendencies would mm-hmm. seem to fit into that perfectly. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's a nice wee segment, actually. And it makes yep. you, that gets you interested into what they're going to do with, with mm-hmm. Rude and, and Sting yep. and, and all that sort of stuff. Okay, so our next match is our last match. We've made it through 11 matches, unbelievably. Um, it's going to be for the World or WCW Heavyweight title. It's Ron Simmons versus Lex Luger. But before all that, we get one of the best hype videos I've ever seen. <laughs> That's maybe an exaggeration, but it's a good hype video. It's, for, very, um, um, it's very rocky, isn't it? It's very, very rocky. Yeah. 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 The I've got Ron Simmons back. What university is it that he's at? Oh, I assume he's like, a, remember. like a, a world champion or, or, or something. Yeah, he was. Um, he was like a um, college, huge college football player. Apparently, like one yeah. of the best around at the time. Um, did he play? He played in the NFL, did he? He did. Yeah. Um, just looking him up. So. I'll tweet JR if you want, I'm sure he'll tell us. He was Yeah, he played NFL, defensive tackle. Uh where was he at? He was at uh Florida State. Right. And uh played for Cleveland Browns. Did he really? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. He um we even go as far as speaking to like his old college coach and all that. I love uh-huh. all this stuff, I think it's great. Yeah. Um gives it it's so funny that they're doing all this, it gives it such a a feeling of of one you've got a big match feeling mm-hmm. and two a, a realistic fight feeling and we're doing that yeah. on the same card as we've had mysterious creatures and Abdullah yeah. Butcher getting fucking electrocuted to death yeah. which is all a bit silly but I mean it's symbolic of the the whole WCW booking committee mm-hmm. type thing isn't it yeah um, so Dusty Rhodes is in Ron Simmons's corner and uh, Harley Race and Mr Hughes are in Lex Luger's corner, which again lends it a little bit of gravitas. You two big, yep. two big players. Um, as far as them two, I, I did think it was weird that Dusty was here and he, he had nothing to do with yeah. Dustin. I've got it in my notes. Dusty wasn't interested in being his, in his son's corner, but it's nice that he's here for Ron Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I thought Luger looks a wrench the champion here. It's interesting to see how he's uh, changed across the, the Havocs that we've watched so yep. far. Um, I don't know why this was a two out of three falls match. don't know if it needed that. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a really good match. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I thought, um, you know, I've never been one that's been sure about Luger. I like this setup. I like the presentation. He's got the arrogance to be that heel world champion. Um, he's, you know, they've obviously lost flair at some point since mm. the last Havoc and gone into here. Um, and they need somebody as a star. And I thought maybe putting these legends with each competitor was maybe part of just you know sprinkling some of that extra elevation yeah yeah Yeah. um did you just say stardust when dusty roads that's impressive and uh i think you know i I, i'm not sure uh, we always think of luger as not a great talker necessarily but i'm not sure he ever needed to talk all that much because he's got the look he's he's you know he looks like a star and he looks like a, a champion um simmons you know, I don't quite know what the path would have been from Doom ending to him ending up here, um, but they're really putting over. This This is where I don't mind JR talking about the credentials and things like that Aye. in this kind of situation. This Absolutely. is perfect for it. Um, he's a legit athlete. He's, you know, considered a badass. He is showing enough through his tag teams and they start him off like a hundred miles an hour, like he is just going to destroy Luger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that whether that played in the thinking between going two out of three falls to make sure you put him over while not putting the belt on him yet, you're still putting him over. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Luger kind of, I can't actually remember, I'll be in my notes somewhere how it actually ends, but it, you're you're left with a feeling of, there was kind of nothing between them here. Aye. This is, you could go again, uh, but then that does make me wonder, if you could go again, why would you go two out of three first match? Uh, just have your regular match and then you can go somewhere from, from there. Yes. Yeah, you're right about uh, Simmons coming out the gate 100 miles an hour, the high, high impact moves, and I think the way that they've structured this match, you've got Simmons getting the first fall, you've then got quite a heelish uh, second fall for Luger, where he, you know, is very questionable how he got that, mm-hmm. how he got it back to one-one, and then yeah. he gets the, he almost gets the clean one, so it does certainly even them out. The, uh, the, I think the, the first fall Luger, the the first one that he wins to make it one-all. Mm-hmm. So the, the the rule is you can't put somebody over the top rope. That's a yep, disqualification. That's a disqualification. I. Uh, but obviously, the the way it plays out is um, it, it looks more like um, Luger has gone for a high offensive move and almost sent himself over the top rope rather than Simmons sent it. So you, you're able, I think JR's like, you know, questioning the ref and things like that about uh-huh. about the decision, which again gives you somewhere to go with Simmons, knowing that he's, he's not going to win the belt here. Yeah. Yeah, and Harley Race was involved in that as well. He's he's holding on to tights and sort of pulling him over, isn't yeah. he? So it's yeah, aye. yeah. Because if they, I think the reference, if they both go over, then there's no no fall counted there, uh-huh. basically. Um, so I think the story there is Race is trying to make sure Simmons doesn't go over the ropes. Uh, Luger, 
Luger. Yeah. No, Simmons. Simmons. Yeah, Grace is holding Simmons down because Luger is seen to be sent oh, over the road yes, by yeah, Simmons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're right. Um, yeah. Because they do reference it at some point earlier in the match as well. I forgot WCW had this rule for a while about you can't put somebody over the top rope because I think maybe in the Dustin Austin match, <laughs> they sort of question whether the ref saw it or something like that. Uh, it was when, a Johnny B. Bad match. Uh, Garvin exactly absolutely launches him away over the top rope. And it's just like, oh, well, that doesn't get ignored. It just gets ignored. <laughs> Brilliant. Aye. Oh. Um, and we, we get into the. The, th- the third fall and both are selling like how hard the match uh-huh. has been uh, yep. which is great let me see how we finish up here it's a clean finish we get so, yeah what, what i've got is um so i i didn't actually know who was going to win this but i had it in my head simmons wins from vader he doesn't win from luger that that's ah, what right, was in right, my right. mind um so as soon as they said in the early stages that simmons hasn't won the world title i thought hey, he can't win this he's not going to win this um but they i still almost they almost got me with there's a superplex simmons does off the corner yes and it's a very close two and they almost got me with that because i was fully believing for a second that was going to be it yeah same as i've got two and nine tenths from the superplex here it's such a close yeah count um and then simmons they end up outside i think there's a power slam and shoulder block by Simmons, but Luger rolls to the outside after uh-huh. it. Yep. And Simmons goes to charge at him when he's up against the ring post. Luger moves, Simmons hits the post. And then uh, I think it's actually it's a pile driver um, that they refer to as the yes. attitude adjustment. Yes. Yeah. Nothing in wrestling is original. Yeah. There you go, Lex Luger. Another original John Cena. That's two we've had on this card. So I think I was maybe pleasantly surprised by this. It would be my second favourite match on the card. I think. Yeah, same. Yep. I think on paper you kind of look at it and go, main event, is it? Is mm. it really? But uh, the way that they built it up, I think. Yeah. I think yeah. if you were watching that live, you'd think you'd think Ron Simmons is winning the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I th- so I think the way that they've built it up and the way that they finished it all was really good. It'd be interesting yep. to see where they went. But um, aye. Pleasantly surprising match, yeah. yeah, and what one of the high spots on on the card, which would probably be, I mean, I would probably rank Austin and and Dustin number one, followed by the main event we've just talked about, probably followed by the promo from from yeah, Dangerously. Yeah, that'd that's, be my highlight. That's fair, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I always like seeing Pillman, but it just wasn't a very good match that he was in, or a very engaging match. Um, and the rest of it just doesn't really need mentioned, really. No. So yeah, not not our best havoc so far, but never fear, we've we've plenty more <laughs> to watch. Um, so there we go. What 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 I was going to do now? I was going to tell you about the next film that we'll oh, be yes. watching for 1992. We're we're obviously not. I I do know what the main event is for 1992. Okay. I, I'm not going to tell you, but I will say, temper your expectations. <laughs> okay, understood. Uh, so for for 1982, our film will be Brain Dead, yep. uh, which is also known as Dead Alive. 
I think America, the American version is called Dead Alive. Okay. Um, that is directed by Peter Jackson. Okay. Uh, I have never seen it, neither have you. No. Here's a synopsis. A young, a young man's mother is bitten by a Sumatran. Sumatran. I could say it again if you want. Sumatra. I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll. I'll just go with however you're saying it. Okay. A young man's mother is bitten by a Sumatran rat monkey. Oh, she gets yes. sick and dies. At which time she comes back to life, killing and eating dogs, nurses, friends, and neighbors. <laughs> is that exclusively it? Is That's that... it. That's it. She's got dogs, a list. <laughs> nurses, friends, and neighbors. Define friends. Sumatran rat monkey. So stay away for those. Well, that'd be interesting. I assume this is. I assume this. He's Kiwi, isn't he? Peter Jackson. I wonder if this is yeah. set in New Zealand. Um, well, that, that sounds interesting. It'll be fun, I'm sure. Isn't it weird that like you're probably a bigger horror fan than I am? Certainly, you you watched a lot when you were younger compared to what. I'm more of a, a more recent horror fan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny that a lot of these films you've either n- 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 sort of never heard of, or they're like sort of underrated or yeah, not 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 talked about massively. This <laughs> looks fucking mental, by the way. I, I've just got the page up on on IMDb and the, some of the pictures that are coming up. It looks crazy. Uh, I think Hope, that's a good thing. I think it is as well. Yeah. Oh, uh, here's some here's some taglines from some reviews. Oh God, I love this movie. Good grizzly fun, faster, harder, brain dead. Oh. Okay. Oh, oh okay. no, perhaps oh. the best horror comedy of all time. <laughs> Could we get some straight up horror for crying out loud? <laughs> no gimp suits, please. Oh. Oh well. Never, never even crossed my mind that we might watch another with a gimp suit, but there you go. <laughs> Is Pulp Fiction concerned horror? No, thankfully not. <laughs> um, so there we go. Yep, we'll watch Brain Dead and Halloween Havoc '92. Do you think they do any more Chamber of Horrors? They surely, they surely leave that be after that one. Nobody watched think... that and thought, "Ooh, what will we do for next year?" Wait, wait. So we're at we're at '92. For some, I, I think it's because of the SummerSlam that I always. I can basically remember what WWF was in 1992. Yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting to see like where WCW's at just a couple of months later than that SummerSlam would have been. Mm. Ah, that's a good point. Uh, there are no more Chamber of Horrors matches. Phew. I can't believe NXT haven't they done something like <laughs> or, or, or AEW for that matter. Set a man on fire. That's a, that would be an attitude either, as yeah. well, eh? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, thank the Lord, they've not done it yet. Um, okay, you didn't enjoy that, Adam. I don't think you enjoyed yeah. the film at least. I enjoyed the film. It was it was not not a good pay per view, but <laughs> we move on. Yeah, there's always another one. Okay, well, we shall look forward to that. We'll speak in two weeks. Um, Yeah, take it easy. Cool. Cheers. Da-da.